1: a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden has chosen his Supreme Court nominee, Russia tries to shut down news outlets, and the Philadelphia mask mandate has been lifted. Here's your National News Recap for the week of February 27th. The president nominated Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to serve as the next justice on the Supreme Court. In a White House statement, the administration calls her one of the brightest legal minds in our legal system. Judge Jackson was born in Washington, D.C. and grew up in Miami, Florida. She was a judge on the District Court of Appeals for Washington, D.C. and was previously a public defender. She is the first African-American woman to be placed on the Supreme Court and only the second public defender. The first being Thurgood Marshall, who retired in 1991. The U.S. is closing its airspace to Russian planes. During his State of the Union address, President Biden said, we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding an additional squeeze on their economy. The action comes as Russia ramps up attacks on Ukraine. The House Speaker says negotiations over a $6 billion aid package for Ukraine are ongoing. Nancy Pelosi called it an emergency package. The California Democrat says it will cover humanitarian, security, and economic assistance as Ukraine fights back against the Russian invasion. Pelosi also called Russian President Vladimir Putin diabolical. The White House press secretary says there are no plans to arrange a face-to-face summit between President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Jen Saki told reporters now is not the time as the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues. Saki also expressed skepticism over Ukraine's request to the UN to remove Russia from the Security Council. She said, "We don't see that happening." Saki did accuse Russia of actively subverting the UN Charter and abusing its position. The former Kentucky officer charged in connection with the deadly botched raid involving Brianna Taylor has been found not guilty. Brett Hankinson testified he fired 10 times because he thought two other cops were being executed. Those two have already been cleared in Taylor's death. Hankinson was charged with endangering neighbors by firing the shots. The trial of five Navy officers involved in the Fat Leonard bribery scandal is getting started. The officers are accused of providing Leonard Glenn Francis, also known as Fat Leonard, with classified information and steering Navy contracts towards his ship repair company. Fat Leonard admitted to bribing Navy officials with lavish gifts, including hotel stays and prostitutes. In all, 29 people, including a number of Navy officers, have pleaded guilty in the scandal. Prosecutors say Fat Leonard's company overcharged the Navy for shipping repairs by about $35 million. Fat Leonard is under house arrest in San Diego, and he could testify in the trial, but is reportedly in poor health. The investigation into corruption involving public officials and police officers in Metro Detroit has led to charges against the former Hamtrak officer. Authorities say 60-year-old Mike Stout allegedly took thousands in bribes and accepted a used car. He is the sixth person charged in the case involving allegations of bribery, extortion, and fraud. He was allegedly provided vehicle information on abandoned vehicles to an undercover agent and was given a vehicle along with money. Stout has been the subject of lawsuits claiming he illegally seized vehicles while working for the Hamtrak Police. Portland police have arrested a man who's accused in two shootings that happened on Monday. The first shooting happened in North Williams Avenue and Stanton Street. The victim had been shot several times and was driven to the hospital by a Good Samaritan. The second shooting happened at Northeast Garfield and Beach Street. A man suffered a serious gunshot wound. Both victims are expected to survive. Police identified Joseph Banks as a suspect and he was arrested. Banks is charged with attempted murder and assault. President Biden is signing a bill ending forced arbitration in workplace cases of sexual assault and harassment. The bipartisan legislation allows victims to file lawsuits against perpetrators in court. During a White House event, Biden said half to three quarters of women say they've faced harassment in the workplace and his administration is standing up for them. In earlier remarks, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called the bill an important milestone in empowering survivors of sexual assault and sexual harassment and protecting employee rights. California is looking to strengthen the pathways to conservatorship for those with mental illness living on the streets. Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing the use of care courts for members of the homeless community across the state. The courts would act as a precursor to a conservatorship takeover while also providing options for housing and mental health treatment. The proposal is now moving to the state legislature. Governor Murphy is ordering all state government agencies to cut off any ties with Russian entities because of the country's invasion of Ukraine. Murphy sent a letter to President Biden telling him New Jersey will take in Ukrainian refugees. Murphy calls Russian President Vladimir Putin a thug who he says is murdering innocent Ukrainians. New Jersey has one of the largest Ukrainian populations in the nation. Harassing or threatening an election worker in Oregon would be a felony crime under a bill passed by the Oregon legislature. The bill received nearly unanimous support. Following the 2020 election, 10 election workers reported threats of harassment while doing their jobs. A conviction for the Class C felony would bring a five-year prison sentence. The bill goes to the governor for her signature. A Babylon, New York, school district teacher is under arrest and has been charged with rape. Police say Timothy Harrison of Oak Beach was arrested and charged with raping a 15-year-old girl nine years ago. Harrison is a special education teacher and a coach at Babylon Junior Senior High School. He was arraigned Friday. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news.
3: I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is urging Jewish people of the world to cry out against the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Zelensky delivered a speech in Hebrew on Wednesday to Jewish people worldwide. He mentioned a Holocaust memorial in Kiev that was recently bombed by the Russians and said it's important for millions of Jews around the world not to stay silent in the face of such sites because Nazism was born in silence. Japan is easing COVID-19 border
4: controls after months of tough restrictions. Phoebe Amros reports from Tokyo. Business travelers, students and technical trainees will once again be able to enter Japan and the quarantine period has been reduced to three days for those testing negative on the third day. Official data showed that there were around 400,000 people waiting to enter the country in early January. Business and academic communities, both within Japan and abroad, are calling on the government to ease restrictions further, citing the damage to Japan's economy and to its international reputation. Phoebe Amoroso, Tokyo. Russia is cracking down on media coverage of its
3: invasion in Ukraine. Officials want a Russian-language website to remove stories about the attack claiming they contain false messages. If not, they threaten to block Voice of America. The country's government is also trying to shut down other news outlets. It plans to hold a special section on Friday to consider a bill that would make unofficial reporting punishable by up to 15 years in prison. Canada is banning Russian oil imports, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said on Monday his government is banning oil from Russia because oil revenues have helped prop up the Russian President Vladimir Putin on oil drigs who support him. Trudeau told reporters that while Canada has imported very little Russian oil in the recent years, this measure stands a powerful message. Queen Elizabeth is resuming her royal duties after a COVID scare. Buckingham Palace says the British monarch is feeling well enough to hold a virtual engagement more than a week after experiencing mild symptoms from the virus. The 95-year-old queen who was vaccinated tested positive for the coronavirus on February 20th. News of her illness prompted widespread concern after Elizabeth recently celebrated the 70th anniversary of her reign. The owner of one of the Europe's most well-known soccer teams is selling the club as Russia-Ukraine conflict goes on. Chelsea, owner of Roman Abramov, wrote in a statement on the team's website that he has made the decision to sell the club, as he believes that this is in the best interest of the fans and the employees. Abramovich said that the sales of the team won't be fast-tracked, but will be followed due process. He also set up charitable foundations where all the net proceeds From the sale will be donated to all the victims of the war Ukraine. Ambrovich is a Russian businessman and the move comes after pressure from British lawmakers. Western nations sanctions on Russia are driving the ruble to a record low. More from Mark Mayfield.
1: The Russian currency sank to 110 to the dollar in Moscow on Wednesday as Russia's financial system shudders under the weight of sanctions that were laid on over the invasion of Ukraine. The ruble later recovered to just over 106 against the dollar. It's lost 30% of its value against the dollar since the beginning of the year. I'm Mark Mayfield.
3: It is unlikely that next Mars rover will launch this year due to Russian invasion of Ukraine. Two NASA rovers and a Chinese rover are currently on Mars, with the European Space Agency rover set to launch later this year. ESA said the launch is now very unlikely this year, as it is a joint project between them and the Russian space agency Roscosmos technically and pandemic-related issues have already pushed back the date as it was originally set for 2022. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker.
5: And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. The Philadelphia citywide indoor mask mandate has come to an end. Health officials made the announcement recently, and it's now in effect. Meanwhile, masks are still required on public transportation, congregate settings, and in healthcare facilities. Businesses may still require proof of vaccination or mask wearing at their own discretion. However, the countdown is on for when students and staff may have the option to wear face coverings in Philadelphia public schools. Superintendent Dr. William Hyde informed everyone that masks will be optional for everyone except for pre-K students. This will all begin in the coming weeks. Local private schools have already made mask wearing optional. In addition, basketball and hockey fans will no longer need face coverings at the Wells Fargo Center in accordance with the mask mandate ending. A Jersey Shore mayor is in Poland trying to help Ukrainian refugees who are pouring into that country. Paul Knitra, the mayor of Point Pleasant Beach, left recently after watching in horror as Russia waged war on Ukraine. Knitra, who does human rights work in the region, says he's visited Ukraine and that half his family is from Poland and Slovakia. He plans to rent a van and drive as close to the Polish-Ukrainian border as he can to bring food, blankets, or whatever else the refugees may need. Several cybersecurity bills have been introduced by Maryland delegates in Annapolis. House Speaker Adrian Jones says making technology safer is crucial as cyber attacks become more widespread. The package of legislation includes measures to improve cybersecurity training and create statewide coordination for real time information on cyber attacks. There have been several high profile cyber attacks in the state, including one that took out the health department website during the Omicron surge. The push for cybersecurity also comes amid concerns that Russia may target government agencies and businesses in retaliation for sanctions imposed after the invasion of Ukraine. Civil rights groups are rallying in Bridgewater, New Jersey to ramp up pressure on authorities after a mall fight. Attorney Benjamin Crump is demanding justice for a black teen widely seen on video being cuffed by a cop when a light-skinned Hispanic boy also involved in the fight wasn't cuffed. Crump plans on filing a federal civil rights lawsuit against the Bridgewater Police Department, and he also wants the officers involved fired. The Somerset Prosecutor's Office is handling the investigation. Baltimore County Police are again asking for the public's help in solving a 1996 murder. It's been 26 years since Joanne Jody LeCourneau was found shot to death inside her car along York Road in Towson. Detectives believe the 23-year-old visited two bars before going to a parking lot of the Drumcastle Shopping Center, where she was shot. Witnesses say the suspected gunman removed something from her car before driving away in a white BMW. Fingerprints from LaCourneau's vehicle did not provide any leads on a suspect. Baltimore County Police are urging anyone with information to come forward. Philadelphia police have a suspect in custody following a brief chase throughout the city. It started around 8 o'clock at night on Smedley Street, where officers had a stolen SUV surrounded. The driver used the sidewalk to their advantage and sped away, leading officers on a chase for about 10 minutes. At one point, the vehicle's front passenger tire went flat, causing sparks to fly everywhere. Police finally caught up with the vehicle again near Germantown and Kerbal Street, where the suspect was arrested. Authorities have not said what kind of charges the driver will face. An investigation into the chase is ongoing. A new report shows that lead has been found in the drinking water of an alarming number of Atlantic County, New Jersey schools. The study by the Environment New Jersey Research and Policy Center and the Black Church Center for Justice and Equality discovered that 92% of schools throughout the county had lead in at least one of their faucets or water fountains. Schools in Galloway Township and Pleasantville were found to be especially troubling, with close to half of their taps testing positive for lead. The data was taken from 66 of the 72 districts in the county, with information from three schools in the Buena Regional School District and three in the Hamilton Public School District not available. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news.
0: I'm Karaya Bennett with the Rowan News. After two years of restriction in heating public protocols, we welcome the chance to take a huge and hopeful step on our way out of the pandemic public health mandates. As of Monday, indoor masking will be optional on all campuses, except in the following cases in healthcare, clinical settings. When you have been exposed to someone with COVID-19, when you've been instructed to wear a mask by a healthcare provider, or if you feel ill with upper respiratory symptoms or have tested positive for COVID-19 and you must be isolated. The mask change is for everyone, regardless of vaccination status. Unvaccinated individuals still undergo weekly COVID-19 testing. It is important for all of us to remember that some people may still feel uncomfortable being around unmasked individuals. Additionally, Many vaccinated individuals may still choose to wear a mask for their own safety and the safety of their loved ones. Also happening here at Rowan on March 7th, the daily health screening for students, employees and on-campus vendors will not be required. Through May 5th, weekly testing of unvaccinated employees and students will remain mandatory and will be available through the Wellness Center and will continue on Wednesdays and Thursdays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. in the Owls Nest in the Chamberlain Student Center. Testing is also available for anyone who requests it. Additionally, to ensure the continued safety of our community, Rowan will offer testing each day during the week after spring break, which is March 21st through the 25th in the Owls Nest. For more information about the updated mass policy, feel free to visit www.rowan.edu. Welcome to the Sweeney Center. The Policy Center was created to fill the need for an independent, bipartisan public policy center to conduct research and develop pragmatic solutions to complex policy issues based on data-driven analysis, rigorous academic research, and convening working groups that bring together policy experts stakeholders and advocates to reach a consensus well aware of the imperative to educate students in public policy the university began to plan a graduate degree in the field in 2019 and began planning the formation of a policy center focused on new jersey issues in 2021 acknowledging the continued and urgent need to address policy with the benefit of interdisciplinary and evidence-based perspectives Roman Boards of Trustees approved the degree program and now the university is creating the center former Democratic Senate president Steve Sweeney serves as the chair of the advisory board and Mark Magyar, as founding director of the new Policy Center, in addition to the Sweeney Center, will enhance the university's public policy research capacity, where its eight colleges and eight schools have focused on practical research at the intersection of engineering, medicine, science, social and behavioral science, and business while ensuring excellence and undergraduate education. For your Red Wing
2: News, I'm Cariah Bennett. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the Rowan University sports world. As the men's and women's basketball season wraps up here at Rowan University, let's take a look at what the profs have been doing during the postseason. The number two seed women's basketball team faced off against the number six seed NJCU Gothic Knights in NJAC semifinals action. After four intense quarters of basketball, NJCU edged out the Rowan Profs by a final score of 83-79. to 79. With this loss, the Profs came just one win shy of the NJAC Championship, which would have been a date with the number 8 seeded TCNJ Lions. For Rowan, Grace Marshall and Nicole Mallard tied the team high in points with 20 apiece, along with Eliana Santana accumulating 19 points and 11 rebounds. Despite only shooting 5-for-25, which is good for 20% from three-point range, the profs kept this one close throughout. The driving force behind NJCU's success came in the form of a three-headed monster in Damaris Rodriguez with 25 points and nine rebounds, Jada Camacho with 23 points, and Lainey Fox with 20 points herself. The Gothic Knights as a whole shot a terrific 51.7% from the field and an outstanding 57.1% from three point range. This loss for the Profs propelled the number six seed Gothic Knights to their second straight NJAC championship victory after they defeated the number eight seed TCNJ Lions by a final score of 58 to 52. With the Profs failing to be selected in the D3 NCAA tournament, they truly laid the groundwork for a successful future in the NJAC. Taking a look at the men's basketball team and their postseason endeavors, they faced off against the Rutgers-Newark Scarlet Raiders in the NJAC semifinals and defeated them by a final score of 72-69. to With this win, the Profs advanced to the NJAC championship for a date with the Ospreys of Stockton University. The leading forces in this one for Rowan came in the form of Marcellus Ross, Hafiz Melvin, and Josh Wright. Ross posted 20 points and 9 rebounds on the night, while Melvin had 19 of his own and Josh Wright put up a underrated 11 points off of the bench. Despite shooting 18.2% from three, the Profs were just able to snag out a victory that made everyone in Esby Gymnasium sweat. Following the semifinals, the Profs were defeated in an extremely tight championship match versus Stockton University by a final score of 95 to 91. These NJAC rivals left it all out on the floor as it was anyone's ball game until the final two possessions. Damian Smith led the way for the Profs with 21 points and 7 rebounds, while Andrew Seeger held things down in the paint with 19 points and 8 rebounds, along with 3 blocks and 3 steals. Following their NJAC championship loss, the Profs were selected to the D3 NCAA Tournament for a date with Susquehanna. You can catch live play-by-play coverage right here on Rowan Radio. Lastly, the baseball season is upon the Rowan Profs as the squad played their season opener on the road in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania versus the Swarthmore Garnett. It's definitely safe to say the profs picked up where they left off by defeating the Garnett by a final score of 10 to 4, starting the journey of defending their NJAC and regional titles.
4: Megan Steckler with your Rome Report business update. The White House is asking Congress to quickly approve more than $32 billion in emergency funding to support Ukraine and contain the COVID pandemic. $10 billion is being requested for humanitarian supplies and emergency aid for security forces and economies in Ukraine as it deals with the ongoing Russia invasion. The rest would go towards getting COVID antiviral treatments requested by the Office of Management and Budget. OMB's acting director is asking for the budget to be passed before the March 11th funding New Jersey may start offering a self-service gasoline option at stations. A new proposal from state legislators would give stations the option to offer self-serve gas, although stations with more than four fuel dispensers would still be required to offer full service as well. The bill's bipartisan sponsors argued that this could bring down prices at the pump and help station owners who must often close amid worker shortages. Oregon is the only other state with a ban on self-service, although their ban has been lifted during heat waves and self-serve fueling is Permitted in rural areas. Connecticut's Attorney General is announcing a historic settlement with Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family. Lisa Taylor reports has the story. William Tong says the Sacklers have agreed to pay out more than $6 billion for their role in the nationwide opioid crisis. This is 40% more than what was agreed to in a previous settlement, which was vacated after Tong filed an appeal. As part of the agreement, the Sackler family will give up control of the Connecticut-based company that produces OxyContin and for the first time issue an apology for fueling the deadly opioid epidemic. I'm Lisa Taylor. One New Jersey shore town is amping up its parking costs. The price of parking in Wildwood will increase significantly significantly, with seasonal parking permits increasing from $175 to $300 this summer. Next year's seasonal permit will set you back $400 as they go up to $500 in 2024. The city is also adding paid parking meters for all parts of Ocean and Surf Avenues that don't currently offer the option. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report.
6: And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Actor Benedict Cumberbatch now has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In a ceremony celebrating the star, he took a moment to remember his late sister who died of cancer last year. The Doctor Strange star also said he couldn't speak at the amazing moment in his life without showing his support for the people of Ukraine as Russia invades. He said we need to do more than offer thoughts and prayers and should act. Former Bachelor lead Colton Underwood is engaged. The 30-year-old says he's extremely happy after he announced his engagement to 39-year-old Jordan C. Brown. The two have been together for less than a year after the reality TV star was seen with the political fundraiser back in September of 2021. They put rumors to rest and confirmed their relationship in December. Underwood took fans on his coming-out journey with a Netflix docuseries called Coming Out Colton. Kim Kardashian is officially divorced. A LA judge finalized her split from the rapper formerly known as Kanye West. The TV personality filed for divorce over a year ago. She attended yesterday's hearing by video link. Her ex-husband, who now goes by the name Ye, did not attend. However, his lawyer did not object to the divorce. He did say many legal issues still need to be resolved. A new claymation video from Kanye West shows him burying Kim Kardashian's boyfriend Pete Davidson. An animated music video was released this week for the new Kanye West song, Easy, and it shows the 44-year-old rapper kidnapping a character that looks like SNL comedian Pete Davidson and burying him out in the desert. The video was posted on West's Instagram account yesterday, less than two hours after an L.A. county judge declared his former wife, Kim K., legally single. Kardashian has been dating Davidson since October. Dua Lipa is facing a new lawsuit. Florida reggae band Article Sound System alleges the British pop star's hit Levitating copied their 2017 song Live Your Life. While the complaint filed by the members of Article Sound System in L.A. federal court was brief, it did say the two tracks were so similar that Levitating couldn't have been produced independently. The lawsuit also names others who helped create the song, like Warner Records. Eddie Vedder says his COVID case was a pretty serious one. The Pearl Jam frontman revealed to L.A. crowd he saw his life flash before him after contracting the virus earlier this year. His serious case even forced him to postpone his tour for his solo Earthling album. He went on to tell the audience to get through and then be back in a room like this, is a true gift and honor. Disney Plus will be the new home of a group of Marvel shows originally released on Netflix. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Defenders will all hit the streaming service on March 16th. Due to the violence and mature content present in the shows, Disney will also be rolling out parental control updates. All subscribers will be prompted to update their settings, including rating restrictions and pins to lock profiles. Disney said the new features will allow families to ensure a viewing experience most suitable for them. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
2: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Radio News team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.